Hello and welcome to the Life Enchanted podcast. We're on a mission to optimize our lives through faith, health, wisdom, and much more. Thank you for joining us on our journey. Here now is our host, Nick Carlisle. What is good, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Nick Carlisle here, and welcome back to another episode of the Life Enchanted podcast, where I tend to nerd out on all things faith, health, interesting, and optimizing. If you're not already following me on Instagram, at nick.carlisle, that is, go ahead and find me on there, hit that follow button, send me a DM perhaps. I am very active on the gram and would love to connect with you personally. This episode, as always, is brought to you by MyLifeEnchanted.com, which is where you can find all things related to the Life Enchanted movement. I have a free 30-page eating guide on there. I have some links to some of my favorite products. I have some hoodies and some shirts I designed. The Truth Pack is on there as well. So go check all of that out. Thanks again for tuning in. Now let's get into it. So a couple weeks back, I put a graphic on my Instagram that listed out seven superpowers that we can all have in the modern age. And the language I used for this post in regards to calling all of these things superpowers is not hyperbole, ladies and gentlemen. I am dead serious with that terminology because these things are legitimate ways to completely optimize various aspects of our life, including mental health and physical health and performance and mental clarity and energy and purpose and cognition and relationships and longevity and much, much more on top of all of that. So if we're able to have the discipline and the mindset to truly master and integrate these things into our routine, we are well on our way to a life that is enchanted. And in the caption of that post, I mentioned that I uh, would probably need to expand on those seven things in a podcast episode, and here we are. So just to revisit that list really quickly, if you have not seen the post, here are uh, the seven superpowers. Number one, I said, is to utilize breathwork to alter physiology at will. Again, utilize breathwork to alter physiology at will. Number two is a daily priority to read. Number three, continuous observance of thoughts. Number four, intentional leveraging of neuroplasticity. Number five, honest and transparent relationships. Number six, a humble posture of listening. And number seven, daily hormesis. And this list is obviously not exhaustive. I could have easily listed about 20 things on there, but I tried to uh, distill it down to as few as possible, and these seven are what I came up with. So let me share a quick word regarding uh, the immense value of each one. So the first one, as I said, is breathwork, um, or as I specifically said in the post, breathwork to alter physiology at will. And this is a hot topic right now in the fitness and biohack and exercise and human optimization world that exists on the internet. If you are into that stuff, you've most likely read about it or heard about it or seen it referenced. There's a lot of talk about the power of the breath and how we can intentionally manipulate 
the breath and use it to reach certain desired states. And I've definitely found this true. And mainly what people are talking about here is the ability to intentionally activate either the parasympathetic nervous system or the sympathetic nervous system with the breath. That's really what is going on here from what I've learned. And the parasympathetic nervous system is the rest and digest system that's associated with mental clarity and creativity and insight um, and relaxation and stuff like that. And then the sympathetic nervous system is the flight or fight system, fight or flight, flight or fight, flight, fight whatever order that is in, fight or flight system. Um, that's the sympathetic nervous system that's associated with a high heart rate, performance, stress, quick action, uh, etc. So the parasympathetic is rest and digest. The sympathetic is fight or flight. So not to go too far in the weeds here, but like I said, you can use your breath to legitimately activate the system that you prefer active for whatever situation you find yourself in, which is pretty freaking rad. For instance, before giving a presentation or perhaps doing some type of public speaking of any type, you probably want to calm down and rest and gain some clarity and confidence about what it is you are about to do. So activating your parasympathetic nervous system here, the rest and digest would be highly beneficial. And luckily for us, like I said, there is a scientifically proven way to do this. And here it is. If you take six slow, deep breaths, inhaling through your nose and then exhaling through your mouth as if you're blowing air out of a straw, so parsed lips, parsed? I think the word is parsed. Not five breaths, not seven breaths, not four breaths, six breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth as if you're blowing through a straw. This is a guaranteed, scientifically guaranteed and proven way to activate the rest and digest parasympathetic nervous system that brings with it clarity and creativity and so forth. So put that in your back pocket, in through the nose, out through the parsed lips of your mouth. Six deep, slow breaths, slows down the heart rate and activates that rest or digest system. Next, if we want to willingly activate our sympathetic nervous system, the fight or flight response, or to, you know, get, get, our, get a quick boost of energy or wake up in the morning is how I prefer to use it, or to kind of get out of a slump or release some feel-good chemicals and some endorphins, there is a scientifically proven way to do that as well. So, as I said, I do this in the morning every day, right after I hydrate, I do this. So I wake up, I hydrate, and then I do three rounds of this type of breath work to naturally activate my sympathetic nervous system because I wanna use my body's own natural reactions and chemicals to wake up instead of just downing some coffee or uh, some other type of exogenous substance. I don't, I don't wanna go that route because I feel like that's training my body to be dependent on something else. So I try to use my body's own natural reactions and chemicals to wake myself up. And I do that through activating my, sorry, my sympathetic nervous system through breath work. And to do that, I do uh, basically a hyperventilate, honestly, is what is what it is. So you want to take 30 to 50 breaths in through the mouth, inhale through the mouth as deep as you can. And you do this kind of quickly. And then you just slowly release it. You don't push the air out you just release it. So it's that's how it, well, 
That's how it sounds. And if you do 30 to 50 of those, you will start to feel lightheaded. Your fingers or extremities will probably start to tingle. I'm actually just from doing like six of those right there, I feel a little bit of lightheaded. Um, and after you start to feel those feelings, and you start to get a little dizzy, you want to breathe completely out. So completely exhale and empty all of the air out of your lungs. And then you hold your breath at the bottom of your breath, meaning you hold your breath with no air in your lungs. And you'll be shocked because you hyper oxygenate your blood by doing that those, those uh, breath repetitions. You hyperoxygenate your blood, so there's lots of oxygen in your body, and you'll be shocked at how long you can hold your breath with no air in your lungs. And when you do that, you'll probably get even more lightheaded, um, but then you'll start to feel some really interesting feelings because your body will be releasing some norepinephrine and some adrenaline. You'll be activating this like periaqueductal gray matter in your brain, which releases all sorts of other feel-good chemicals. So that right there is the sympathetic nervous system being activated. So I usually do three rounds of that. You can also, I mix up, instead of holding my breath at the bottom of my breath, after I do 30 to 50 rounds of that breathing, I, I hold my breath at the top of my breath, meaning after I do those 30 to 50 breaths, I will breathe in completely or inhale completely and then hold my breath at the top of my breath. And that activates the, the same system as well. I'm, there's a subtle difference. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I haven't do dove into the science enough to figure it out, but both of those things will activate your sympathetic nervous system. And there's a lot more that goes into all of that, but those are just the basics. It, it influences your immune system. It influences your core body temperature. You can nerd out on the Wim Hof breath work and stuff like that if you want to. But that is how we leverage the breath, intentionally utilize the breath to alter our physiology. I know that was long-winded for number one. I'll try and keep these next ones a little bit shorter. So now looking at number two, this one, is a daily priority to read. Superpower number two is a daily priority to read. And the benefits of this one kind of go without saying here, but I just want to give some anecdotal evidence in support of a consistent reading habit. The first thing that I will say is that it is not a coincidence that among the thinkers and pastors and philosophers and entrepreneurs and investors and podcasters and friends whom I admire and respect and, in fa and I'm fascinated with their minds, there exists between all these people, among all these people, a high priority to read. All of these people who I follow and who have very powerful minds have an absolute addiction to reading, aka an addiction to learning. And that tells me a lot right there. And I myself started to develop a daily reading habit a couple years ago, probably about three years ago, honestly. It was kind of this, this slow transition into this habit. And the benefits to my cognition, although they've been somewhat incremental and slow developing, I've recently really started to notice them. It's like a tangible uh, enhancement of my cognition. My ability to write and my ability to think and articulate myself has definitely heightened over the past couple of years and is in direct correlation with my reading habit. And it's kind of blowing my mind, honestly. So two recommendations on this one for the daily reading habit. First is that I really encourage you to read whatever you are curious about. If it doesn't interest you, stay away from it because otherwise it's going to feel like work and you're going to get bored and you're going to peter out. 
So if you want to maintain the habit, make sure you are reading about things that actually capture your attention and you really truly want to learn about. For me, that stuff is like spiritual formation and kind of self-helpy type stuff that's not super, super secular and woo-woo, but just actual practical, objective, fact-based self-help material. I also have recently started reading fiction at night, which has been beautiful. It's a great way for me to wind down the day and kind of put my mind somewhere else. It also tires out my eyes. So I got this book called The Long Ships, which is a novel written about Vikings. Weirdly, I'm not like into Vikings. I've never been into Vikings, but this book was recommended on the Tim Ferriss podcast. I'm always referencing Tim Tim Ferriss, by the way, but um, that's just because it's high quality. But this dude, I can't remember who uh, recommended it, but this book is a fascinating read. It's historical fiction, follows this dude uh, named Orm, who's a Viking in the the seas of Europe. And I'm like 80 pages in right now. And it's absolutely fascinating. So I'm reading this before I go to bed. I only get in like three pages, but it distracts my mind. It activates my imagination and it kind of just helps me wind down for the day. And at the same time, I'm learning. I'm training my brain to process words and language and information, which is uh, super beneficial. So that was superpower number two. And those are my two recommendations. Read nonfiction that's interesting to you and that you are actually intrigued with, and then pick up a fiction or a novel and read it at night. So moving on to number three, that one is continuous observance of thoughts. Superpower number three is continuous observance of thoughts. And here's why that is a superpower. This one should go without saying as well, but we have roughly 80,000 thoughts per day coming in and out of our head. And it's been said that over 70%, I believe, of these thoughts tend to be negative or fear-based or disconnected from reality. So 70% of your 80,000 thoughts tend to be negative, fear-based, and disconnected from reality. And what's truly problematic here is that most of us go about our days leaving these thoughts unchecked, meaning we let this enormous amount of negative, fear-based, disconnected from reality thoughts go through our mind and we just let them populate and we absorb them as truth almost subconsciously and we don't know the damage that they are causing. They dictate our feelings and emotions and we get we ultimately get stuck in these loops of these false realities and these negative realities that we are creating and then we just repeat these things every day. I heard that 95% of those 80,000 thoughts are reoccurring, meaning that they are not new. So 95% of what you are thinking today is what you were thinking yesterday. They're the same thought patterns. And if 70% of those are negative and fear-based, then you just keep living the same miserable day over and over again. And that is insane. So we need to become the observer of our thoughts instead of being the thoughts, identifying with the thoughts. We need to observe them. And there is a vast difference between the two, ladies and gentlemen. And this is also talked about quite frequently, but this is something I've just learned about in the past couple of years that I feel like should have been taught to me all throughout my education. I teach this to my high school students. I feel like kids in kindergarten should be taught this just to kind of develop that muscle and that habit to be the observer and not the 
person, not 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 the thought, sorry, not the idea, being able to observe it and then objectify it and look at it and decide whether or not it's something you actually want to absorb into your being. Because if you can observe something that is instantly disconnects you from it, by definition, you cannot be something that you observe. If you observe a bird, that means that you are not the bird. So if you can observe your thoughts, that means that you are not your thoughts. You are something else. You are the consciousness doing the observation, which is weird, I know, but think about it. I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but think about it. If you can observe your thoughts, that means that you are not your thoughts, and that is a very liberating concept. So the better you become at observing, the better you become at controlling your reality. And we can enhance our ability to observe through intentional repetition and practice, through meditation, through just being mindful of what you are doing. We need to strengthen that observation muscle. This is nothing short of a superpower, ladies and gentlemen. So mindfulness is a big help for this. Um, But just awareness, honestly, just me saying this to you is going to help you. The first step in this is awareness. So start developing a practice or a discipline to just maybe even set a timer on your watch or an alarm on your watch or your phone or whatever, just uh, reminding you to observe your thoughts, observe what is populating in and out of your mind. And it's important not to judge them like, wow, I'm such a jerk to myself or wow, I'm very evil or whatever it is. Just observe them. Just look at them objectively. Don't judge them and then just let them pass and then move forward. And as you strengthen this muscle, you will strengthen your ability to control what goes on in your mind, which controls your reality. And that is why that is a superpower, being constant observance of your thoughts, being in constant constant observance of your thoughts. Okay, moving on to number four. Dang, we're already 17 minutes into this and we're only on number four. But moving on to number four, uh, that one is directly related to what we just talked about, number three. And this one is intentional leveraging of neuroplasticity, which is another buzzword that is being thrown around a lot right now. So a couple things about neuroplasticity. First, despite previous assumptions, our mind is not static. It is not set in stone and solidified for our future self. We have the ability to change it. Regardless of our age, we all have the ability to intentionally reshape and reform our deep-rooted thoughts and beliefs. So that is called neuroplasticity. That's what science is calling neuroplasticity. Basically creating new connections in your mind that form thought patterns. Of course, the older you are, the deeper the grooves of your habitual thoughts are and the deeper your uh, almost subconscious beliefs and neuroconnections are and it's more difficult to reroute them, but it's still doable. We all have the ability to leverage neuroplasticity for our own good and create connections and thought patterns that actually serve us. So we need to be intentional about what we are thinking. We need to observe our thoughts, uh, as mentioned in superpower number three. But number four, we need to be intentional about what we want to think. We need to constantly make connections and form new grooves that actually serve us. It's a very simple, but at the same time, difficult thing to implement 
But like I said, awareness is the first step. So now that we're aware of our thoughts and we're aware of what we can do, we need to be intentional about forming these new connections. So here are a couple practical, tactical ways to leverage neuroplasticity. So as I mentioned previously, mindfulness is huge here. Strengthening your ability to observe the thoughts so that you can choose new ones and then reroute uh, your old habitual ones. And then next is careful selection of which thoughts you actually want occurring. And this is super interesting to me and something that I'm um, newly starting to practice. I've tried to do this in my own mind, but I feel like I need something tangible to help me out. So this is what I did. And I nerded out here. And this has been actually super powerful. I'm like three weeks into this. I wrote down 10 personal beliefs and mindsets that I want to deeply forge into my mind. I want these things to be subconsciously just completely grooved into my subconscious being. And these 10 things cover pretty much every aspect of my life uh, from faith to personal and all that. And Honestly, it doesn't really, I want to tell you what they are, but I'm not going to tell you all of them because it doesn't really matter what they are. I'll tell you the first one. The first one is this, the father's abundant love for me is my only identity. So that's number one of 10. I wrote down the father's abundant love for me is my only identity. I want that thought that my identity is rooted in the father's love for me. I want that to be so deeply ingrained into my mind that I can't think of anything else. So I wrote that one down. Then I wrote 10 others down. And what I do uh, with that list is every morning I read it and run my finger over the words. I didn't type it. I wrote it down because there's some type of connection between the mind and the hand and writing it down and then going over these things with my finger um, and just repeating it over and over and over again because my mind is trainable. The neuroplasticity, it's going to, after they say like 60 to 60 days to a year, your mind starts to think, man, we keep thinking these same things. We might as well make this automatic. Like, why are we exerting so much work to do this? Let's make this automatic. That's kind of the idea behind this is that your mind wants to be efficient. Your brain wants to be efficient. So if you make it do things a lot and you make it work for something specific over and over again, it's going to automatically program it. So that's the idea here. So I, I run my finger over these things every morning and every night before I go to bed and then when I wake up, obviously. And then I also took it a step further and I recorded on this microphone right here that I'm speaking into, I recorded those 10 things into my microphone and I said them twice. So um, I said, the father's abundant love for me is my only identity. The father's abundant love for me is my only identity. And then I said the next one twice and then the next one. So I did that. 10 times saying each thing twice. And then I looped that in my audio software that I have. So I have this 30 minute track now of me repeating these things. It's a 30 minute audio file of me myself repeating these 10 things. And now I just listen to that whenever I can. I put in my AirPods, which AirPods are huge for this. Um, as I'm driving to work, uh, before I take a nap, apparently before you go to sleep, the different brain waves that are activated and when you wake up, but those different brain waves enable you to get into different parts of your mind to leverage the neuroplasticity. So I'll put it in, I'll put that track in my ears if I'm going to take like a 20 minute nap. Um, and 
these things are just being repeated over and over and over and over and over again. And at some point, I'm hoping, and from what I've researched and heard, uh, it's just going to become second nature for me to just believe these things and act out of these things. So uh, that has been very helpful. I'm like two weeks into doing that, and I've already seen a huge benefit from it. And I already see it kind of changing my core beliefs, which is super fascinating. So that is what I would recommend you to do, honestly. And if you need help doing your own audio file or something, I'm willing to help you. I'm, I got some, some time to help you guys out. So if you want to, on your phone, record your voice saying a couple things, I'm not going to listen to it, honestly. Um, but I'll just, I'll edit it up for you. If you want, just hit me up on Instagram and we can work something out. Okay. So now on to superpower, superpower number five, which is having honest and transparent relationships. And the first thing I want to make known is that I am very much introverted and I prefer to be alone um, by myself or with my close family and friends. That is how I charge my batteries. So the relationship thing for me is a bit difficult, but I do it and I'm intentional about it because I have seen the fruit from these honest and transparent relationships and I know how good it is for my spirit and just for the human spirit. We all want to be known. We all want to be loved. We all want to feel some deep connection with other people. We all want to be outside of ourselves and to enter flow and to laugh and to play and experience new things and awesome people. This is all medicine for us. And when we isolate and when we wear masks and when we don't ever show our true colors, we poison ourselves and we live behind bars and we, we're we're just deteriorating on the inside because we're trying to navigate everything by ourselves, and we can't do it by ourselves. We are social creatures. We are made from relationship for relationship. That is truth about the reality of our existence. So to experience our best life, we need to have meaning, meaningful relationships with people whom we trust, whom we share our struggles and hopes and sufferings and fears with, who we celebrate with, and who we cry with. This takes a lot of the pressure off of ourselves and helps us navigate life with a team, which is much easier than doing it by ourselves. And I could spend a lot of time here on this one, but I think we all intrinsically know this to be true. Relationships are super good for us. We feel better. It, it brightens up our day. Sometimes it sucks and we don't want to do it, but it always makes us feel better when we hang out with people who inspire us and encourage us and whom we trust and respect. And I have a book, if you are interested in, in diving deeper into this, a book recommendation. It's called The Relational Soul by the last names of the authors. There's two authors, are Plass and Cofield. It's called The Relational Soul. Phenomenal read and will speak much more to this superpower. Okay, two more. Superpower number six is having a humble posture of listening. Superpower number six is having a humble posture of listening. So we all want to grow. We all want to expand our mind and our insight and our learning so that we can take new knowledge and apply it to our lives and change for the better. No one wants to be stuck in their ways or stagnant in their mindset or stuck in their understanding of the world, super dogmatic and stubborn about what they believe. That mindset uh, inhibits freedom. And those type of people are usually miserable because when you constrain and confine your mind to certain opinions and beliefs, you set yourself up for stress and frustration later on 
when input arrives that might be different or contradicting or opposing to what you are originally holding on to. But if you have a humble posture of listening with an intent to learn and to understand, you free yourself from mental bondage and give yourself permission to see the world in new ways and to understand people from different points of view and understand yourself differently as well. And all of that translates to a mindset that is more open to love and less prone to judgment and criticism and hate and pessimism and negativity. I do not know a single judgmental, dogmatic, stubborn person who I would classify as happy. But on the contrary, I know a lot of seemingly joyful people who have open minds and open hearts and are willing to learn and expand and have thoughtful conversations and develop new opinions and beliefs. So I really encourage you guys to start developing a humble posture of listening to expand your heart and your soul and your mind. Okay, last but certainly not least here is superpower number seven, which, wow, this went really long. We're half hour in here. But this one is one of my favorites. And this one is daily hormesis. Daily hormesis, which is a weird word. So what is hormesis? Hormesis is basically the same idea as what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's hormesis. So we want to intentionally put ourselves into acute, meaning short-term, stressful situations that momentarily cause our body to freak out so that it develops protective measures to strengthen itself against future occurrences. So breath work is actually, as mentioned in uh, superpower number one, breath work is a form of hormesis. If we do that type of breath work long enough, we will probably hyperventilate and die and pass out. Um, so our body is like, yo, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're freaking out here. Let's release some chemicals to help ourselves out. Let's strengthen our immune system. What's going on? And then we stop and then we are much stronger after that. Or a cold shower is another example of this. If we stay in freezing cold water too long, we are going to die. So we go into the cold water and our body's like, yo, what are we doing? Let's send all the blood to our vital organs because we are going to die if this persists for too long. It doesn't know how long you're going to be in there. And then it starts developing um, systems and defenses to be stronger. Working out is a prime example of this and the most common example of this uh, hormetic response that we are searching for. If we work out too long, we are going to die. That is just a fact. But we put ourselves in these short-term, acute, stressful situations like working out to make our stronger, or, sorry, make our muscles get stronger and force our body to develop new connections and new tissues um, and all these different things so that we don't die so that we are stronger for the future occurrence you're basically telling your body hey this is a new thing that we are going to do um, strengthen yourself so that we can survive this the next time so that is super superpower number seven daily hormesis or a daily hormetic response you can do more research on that if you want to so i know that was long-winded uh 31 minutes there but i wanted to just riff and expand on those seven things uh to help you guys and to hopefully inspire you to take on at least a couple of those hit me up on instagram or send me an email to further this conversation i would love to hear about what you're doing or what one of your superpowers is much love to you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a wonderful day. Peace. 
A special thanks to King's Kaleidoscope for the music heard throughout this episode. Also, a big shout out to Capital Floats, aka my favorite sensory deprivation and float tank facility in Northern California. I'm a frequent user there, and the experience is always transformative to say the least. If you're interested in floating and live in Northern Cal, make sure you use promo code LIFEENCHANTED with no spaces at checkout on their website. You'll save a whopping 40% off your first float and you will not find that deal anywhere else. Also, in regards to some of the content shared in these episodes, make sure you always consult your doctor before making any sudden diet or lifestyle changes. If you're interested in connecting with me, you can find me on Instagram at nick.carlisle or send me an email nick at mylifeenchanted.com. 